It's going good because I'm here with you. We're doing another show. We got a fun one today. And we get to take a break from the four teenagers that are downstairs. Oh, yeah. And they've kept it interesting for us, you know? We did. We, we played with them for a while, did a little bit of hide-and-seek with them in the new house. and I got my steps in for today. Yes, <laughs> Between yes. going up and down your stairs. <laughs> um, so, what up, Dax? Hopefully you're listening. What's up, what's up? Um, before we get started, we are bringing it back to one of Lowe's and I's, if, I don't know if that was grammatically correct, but one of our favorite wines, um, the St. Julian peanut butter and jelly wine. Guys, again, don't sleep on this. It's so good. It's so like good. biting into the sandwich. Yes. It just it hits every time. It's, it's a winner. It hits. We love it. Never gets old. I really hope they never discontinue it. And if they do, St. Julian, we know you follow us. Send us a lifetime supply if you ever decide to make that horrific decision. Or at least a recipe. Right, yeah, exactly. Preferably the lifetime supply so we don't have to, you know, do all the work. Um, also, I want to do a shout-out. Um, we got our books. Woo-hoo! So last week we talked about the um, Confessions of a Prison Cook, A Fusion of Food and Crime by Erica Summerfield and Philip Longo, and they they hold up. There are books. Um, we got our books, and I'm already chuckling within the first couple pages of reading. There are recipes inside, so it's an actual cookbook as well. Um, so we're going to read some more of it, and then we're going to, as we uh, get into the book a little bit more, we'll share some of our funniest parts of them. Yeah, I mean, so far what I've seen, I love. I I showed low like even a couple of even like a couple of the recipe names like had me dying. Like they're just super clever and I really love I already love it so far. Like it's it's great. So you guys definitely should check it out. And we will post pictures so you can see them. They'll be on our Instagram hopefully later tonight. See the awesome uh awesome cover but yeah thank you guys for sending that i'm so pumped to get more into it um before we get started on our show i thought it would be kind of fun i wanted to just kind of throw out our top 10 stories so if you don't know now you know now you know (laughs) um so number one was maddie clifton number two still holding strong is Animeville horror close second um which like Kay said earlier that it's uh, one of her favorites because we put a lot of work and effort into it. Yeah, I love that it's like at the top because definitely, definitely shows that it paid off and that you guys are liking it. So and it's our first one we ever did together, so it wasn't our most confident show. Mm-hmm. Um, we did about fifteen point two million takes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then number three, holding strong, Amy Fisher. That was just a fun one. Oh yeah. Um, Missy Beavers, Carly Goose, Judith Barzi, Lorena Bobbitt, Kenneth Cannell, and Pamela Barnes. Um, that one's just a special story because we actually got to meet some of the daughter of it. Um, American Psycho and Small Sacrifices. Number wow. 10. That is so, it's so interesting to like hear what, you know, 
people are like wanting to listen to and like what they're like gravitating towards um because some of them in there are kind of surprising that they're in the top 10 to me like american psycho loved doing that but i am just like pleasantly surprised i guess that it's in the top 10 because i would not have guessed that that would have been in there yeah me neither um i actually thought that the db cooper one would have been higher up but that seems to be the bottom of the barrel for us guys i feel like we've said this before db coops good episode i thought like i actually really liked that one and it's it's not like you know a murder type crime or whatever but it's still true crime it was just fun information true information yeah it's super cool so you guys totally have to check that out um so this story is actually inspired by corbin miller who's hails from oxford and grand rapids kind of goes back and forth both cities Um, me and him had a conversation, and it kind of sparked some ideas, and I ran with it, so I'm kind of giving him the credit for the inspiration for this one. Thank you, Corbin. Uh, do you know what a pedophobia is? Um, when you first told me, I thought it was something else, which I won't even, whatever, and I'm sure everybody else is thinking that too, but no, I... I do now, but I didn't before. It's not pedophile. Yeah, that's where my mind went immediately. (laughs) Um, It is a fear of dolls. I feel like I slightly have this. And it's classified under a broader fear of humanoid figures, um, also related to puppophobia. Do you know what puppophobia is? That one's a little easier to grasp, especially after knowing that the other one's dolls, and I'm like, okay, this this has got to be puppets. Yes. (laughs) Not to be confused with Preppets. Preppets. <laughs> Shout out, Brit. <laughs> okay, so growing up in the 80s and the 90s, there were a lot of evil dolls. Like, there was an actual movie called Dolls, um, and that was, I think it's like an 84, 85, somewhere around there that came out. Um, we would watch it at sleepovers. I remember going to King Video, which it's a little video store in Allen Park, Michigan, close to where I grew up. And you'd go and you'd go in the little section, you'd pick out your scary movie, and you'd just get so excited. Um, and that was also the video store before Blockbuster, you know, took over the world. Oh, yeah. Um, but I miss going even to Blockbuster, like so many movies to pick from. I'd actually do like a loop like twice before I settled on. On one? On what I really wanted. I loved going there. Like, they pretty much died out by the time I was like 12, I feel like. They, okay. That's when they started to like get rid of them. But before that, I just loved, we'd go, I feel like every weekend to like the video store to like rent a movie. And it yes. was so fun. Um, be kind and rewind. Yep. Of course, I don't <laughs> yep. know if you hit the VHS, if you went straight to DVDs the time you were. <laughs> I, was, I was in the VHS era for a little bit there, okay. but then DVDs kind of sprung in. Um, but I do love having, like, the streaming at my fingertips. Like, I love going to the video store to pick them out. I hated going back to return the shit. Right, yeah. Even they hit a Dropbox, and I was just like, oh, God. Right. That's how they made money, though, because people would either be too lazy to go or they would forget, and then they could, that's how like, they would charge people. <laughs> so it was smart on their part. But yeah, the streaming is just very convenient. <laughs> then things got a little bit more edgier as time got on. Um, my KK's favorite, their Child's Play series, 
uh, hit the big screens, and that is the knockoff of the My Buddy doll. Um, this one is a good guy's doll, and he's supposed to be your best friend. Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Um, Creepy little guy. You know, I'm Chucky. You want to play? We're best friends until the end. Oh, he means it until the end. <laughs> Um, the world took off with it. I mean, and it's still a Halloween classic. Um, it's a Halloween classic costume, the movies. Um, there's seven of them, including Brad of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. And then there's actually eight, if you count the reboot that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the leprechaun thing. I know it's not a doll, guys, I know. But I say it because then I can drop that clue, like, um, you know... Go back and listen to Leprechaun. They're yeah. the same size, so wink, I, tried, I tried to sneak it in. <laughs> wink, wink, guys. We did um, a Leprechaun episode. You know, I get it. You know, they're pretty much the same. They have Leprechaun dolls, so that could just, like, be, fall into that category. <laughs> so, in 2014, now we meet Annabelle. Um, now, this is, like, a crazy demon that resides in this doll, and it's less concerned with taking lives and more interested in claiming souls and attempt to possess the living. That was scary. Like, you know, Chucky freaks me out, but all the Annabelle movies, like, really, really freaked me the F out. Um, so, what about real-life dolls? Let's get into that. Horrifying. So we're going to meet um, Annabelle. But before I do that, I also want to bring up that not only with Annabelle, there was also a following that led to uh, The Boy in 2016. Um, we just saw that there's one called Charlotte that came out in 2021. Um, they all have huge cult followings. Um, so people either love them and just can't live without them, can't get enough of it. And then there's some people that are like, hail to the no. I'm somewhere in the middle. Somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. Okay. So the story of Annabelle became famous um, with the release of the Conjuring series. Um, a student nurse was given a doll in 1970. They said the doll behaved strangely and that a psychic medium told a student that the doll was inhabited by a spirit of a deceased girl named Annabelle. The student and her roommate tried to accept and nurture the spirit-possessed doll, but the doll reported having some malicious and frightening behavior. I mean, at this point, it was at the Warrens say they were first contacted, moving the doll to the museum after pronouncing it demonically possessed. Now, the doll remains in a glass box at the Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, until the museum's closing. It's then moved on to Texas State University. Assistant Professor of Religious Studies Joseph Laycock says that most skeptics have dismissed that Warner's Museum. Um, They say it's just full of shelf Halloween junk, dolls, toys, books, you know, anything that you can really buy at any bookstore. Um, commenting on the publicity for Warren's museum, coinciding with the film (laughs) coinciding with the film release 
of The Conjuring, science writer Sharon Hill says that many myths and legends surrounding the Warrens have seemingly been on their own doing, and that many people have difficulty separating the Warrens from the Hollywood portrayal. Now, Hill criticized sensational press coverage of the Warrens' occult museum and its Annabelle doll. She said, like, real-life Ed Warren and real-life Annabelle is actually far less impressive. Of the supernatural claims made about Annabelle by Ed Warren, Hill said that we have nothing but Ed's word for this, and also for history and origins of the objects in the museum. The doll is also described in Gerald Brittle's 1980 biography of the Warren's demonologist so i guess it's kind of some people believe it some people don't i don't know i mean it looks like an old raggedy ann doll is what Mm -hmm. it was based off of yeah um it's freaked a lot of people out i from what i've read it's in a glass case um in a museum and uh, people had some feels about it when they would go see it yeah i i'm so curious like i hate dolls and like especially if they're like known to be possessed but i would be like super curious to like see it in a museum i say that but would i actually do it i don't know but this one i feel like has had so much talk around like surrounding her like i feel like there's got like there i feel like there's truth to it you know like the fact that she's locked in a glass case like literally locked and, like, so many people, like, say that they have different reactions when meeting her. Like, it just kind of, like, makes you raise an eyebrow, like, being like, okay, I feel like this could be legit, like, if you believe in that stuff, you know? Can't say that I don't not believe. Right? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely, definitely leaning towards it being real, but I could, I could be on the fence. I don't know. Um, so the next one is Okiku. Um, and as the story goes, according to modern Japanese folklore, in 1918, a teenager named Ikichi Suzuki purchased a large doll from Hokkaido for his younger sister, Okiku. Tragically, after a year, the little girl passed away from a severe case of the flu. The family created a shrine in her memory, placing the large doll on display. And sometime later, they noticed that the doll's hair, which originally had been cut in, like, a short bob-type style, had grown past its shoulders, which is so disgusting. I'm sorry. And when the family moved in 1938, they entrusted the doll to, to the care of Menenji Temple of Hukado, where caretakers continue to maintain Ukiku and her ever-growing hair. So this doll, its hair just never stops growing. Like, it was a freaking bob, and now it's just like... I mean, I can't imagine how long it is now, but... But can you just, like, imagine, though, like, you get this doll, you put it on the shelf, you know, the hair is, like, to its shoulders or say... Life gets busy, you kind of forget that it's in, you know, the spare room or whatever, and all of a sudden it's got, like, hair down to her boobs, and you're like... What? I would be like, who's messing with me? And do they cut it to see if it grows back? Like I would. But also I'd be scared to cut it because like what if it like pissed it off or something? Yeah. That's so wild. Like that's wild. I just, I don't even understand that. And then there's Lily. Lily, meet Lily. She is a Honda doll from Salem, Oregon. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, who is now a full-time resident at the Honda Museum. 
an antiques dealer found her hidden in the antique chest and then took her into the house. He began having recurring nightmares about this little girl who had a very bad accident. He said the details of the nightmares were too disturbing to tell. He then put the doll in the antique shop where this little girl came in with her parents and spoke to Lily. For three hours straight, catching the attention of everyone in the store, the little girl was speaking to her as if Lily was a real child. Like then told the staff working the antique shop that Lily is a little girl that was subjected to extreme violence. When Zach acquired Lily, an older woman um, had to physically touch Lily to get her down from where she was perched high inside the case. At the time, the woman looked flush and began to panic. She repeated over and over, I got to wash my hands. I must wash my hands. And then she was immobilized as she began to have sharp pains in her stomach. Lillian is from the 1800s. She's a German doll uh, with real human hair. Zach felt an immense energy the moment he saw the doll, and both parties agreed it was fate that he shows that she now resides at the Honda Museum in Las Vegas. That's so crazy. The craziest part, I mean, they say kids can, like, pick up on different, like, energies than adults can. So the fact that that little girl was, like, talking to her as if she was talking to, like, another little girl is crazy. And then that the older woman just touched the doll and then immediately was, like, physically in pain. Like, it's it's weird. I know my husband just left Vegas for work. Um and there's always a chance that he can go back there again, you know, at any time that he's working. Yeah. So I told him, I sent him, and I was like, next time you're there, I think it'd be cool if he goes in there, if maybe he could take a picture and, like, yes. bring it home for us. Oh, like, I wish, You know, see it. That'd Tell us, cool. does he feel weird if he, you know, mm-hmm. goes and sees it or asks the owner about it for us or something. Right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, Robert the Dial. Now, this is the story um, that... Corbin was kind of going over with me. So this is what put the whole thing all in motion. Okay. Uh, the story of Robert the Doll dates back to the 1900s when a young boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given a one-of-a-kind handmade doll by a servant that worked for his parents in his home. Now Eugene, who everyone called Jean, named the doll Robert and quickly became attached to his new friend. The home where Eugene lived, now called Artist House, it's located at 534 Eaton Street and was built between 1890 and 1898. It was there that Eugene was given Robert the Doll and where the friendship that lasted throughout his lifetime and was beyond forged. Now, while he seemed like any ordinary clothed doll, it wasn't long before Robert was involved in strange and somewhat terrifying events. Like, the first hint that something was out of the ordinary was happening was one night when Jean, who was 10 years old, awoke to find Robert the Doll sitting at the end of his bed staring at him. Ew. Ew. (laughs) Moments later, his mother was awakened by the screams for help and the sounds of furniture being overturned in her son's bedroom. Jean cried for help, begging his mother to rescue him. When she was finally able to wrench the locked door open, she saw poor Jean curled up in fear on his bed. His room was in shambles, and Robert, the doll, just sitting at the foot of his bed. Could you imagine that being your kid? (laughs) And that happening? Like, how do you, what do you do from that? (laughs) Calm yourself down, try to calm him down. Yeah. (laughs) Um... 
Robert did it with the only words Jean could get out. The same words he would use later many times throughout his childhood when something strange, mysterious, or destructive would happen. Nobody knows for sure why or how, he, how this child's plaything could actually wreak such havoc on a child or the child's bedroom or anything. After all, it was just a toy, right? But the weird, explicable didn't stop at that occurrence. So, see, Jean's parents often would hear their son upstairs talking to the doll and getting response back in a totally different voice. They reported seeing the doll speak and witnessing his expressions change, giggling, and sighting of Robert's running up the steps or staring out the upstairs window where he also reported Robert continued to live with Jean throughout his lifetime. And after Jean's parents died, he moved back into their home with his wife, Annie, Jean decided that the doll needed a room of its own and placed him upstairs that had a window overlooking the street. Like, he kept this doll after it terrorized him. That's insane. Anne felt uneasy with Robert in the house, and although she couldn't put her fingers on it, she wanted Jean to lock the doll in the attic where he could do no harm. Jean, you know, said, okay, like, if that's what you really want. Um, So, as one could imagine, Robert the doll... Well, he wasn't happy with his new digs, okay? Like, he's kind of like, this bitch moves in and I gotta, like, move out. Like, this yeah. sounds like Ted, but, like, the horror version. <laughs> Soon visitors to the home heard footsteps in the attic, the sounds of someone pay- pacing back and forth, devilishly giggling. Neighborhood children reported seeing Robert watching them from the window in the upstairs bedroom and told accounts of the doll actually mocking them as they walked to school. When Jean heard this, he immediately went to investigate, knowing that he had locked Robert in the attic and there was no way he could be sitting by the window. Well, but to his complete shock, when he opened the door to the bedroom, there was Robert sitting in a rocking chair by the window. Jean locked Robert back up in the attic several times, each time discovering him again and again sitting by the window upstairs. Dang, I'd be like, okay, he just wants to sit at the window. Let's just let him sit at the freaking window. Jean Otto died in 1974, and when the new owner moved into the house on Eaton Street, their 10-year-old daughter was delighted to find Robert the doll in the attic. Oh, no. But her delight ended soon when she claimed that Robert was alive and the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night screaming in fear and told her parents that Robert had moved about the room. Many believe that the origin of Robert's evil lies in who originally gave him to Jean Otto. But the servant who worked for Jean's parents, the woman who supposedly mistreated her bosses and punished them, and it's believed that she cursed the doll with voodoo and black magic. That might explain the many mysterious and frightening experiences people have had with Robert the doll. But if so, wouldn't the hunting's end when the owner died? Like, no one really knows for sure, but nothing remains consistent. Um, Robert the doll continues to taunt and scare those who come to view him, especially guests of the museum who attempt to take a photo. Many have reported their cameras become inoperable, and they try to take a picture of Robert only to begin working again after they left the museum. Mm. Robert the doll sits inside the glass case, but it doesn't seem to stop him from inflicting fear and discomfort into the museum staff and visitors. 
Staff members report that Robert's facial expressions change, hearing demonic giggles and even seeing Robert put his hands up to the glass. Meet Robert at the East Martello Museum. Visitors are welcome to view Robert in the special case at the museum, of course, but encouraged to try and get a photo. Though most who've tried been unsuccessful, if nothing else, get a close look at Robert and watch him carefully try to catch a glimpse of himself smirking at you, moving around his case, or watching you as you watch him. And this is at ghostandgravestones.com if you want to read about it. Oh my gosh, like the giggling is what gets me. I I mean, that's not all that gets me, but the giggling like really gets me because could you imagine, I mean, I can't even imagine like, first of all, the fact that Eugene or Jean got married because if I was dating a guy and he told me that he had a doll that he's kept with him that was like, terrorizing and like demonic and like possessed i would be like oh huh i'm never talking to you again like the fact he might that- not have told her she might have just thought it was just a creepy doll he might have like deceived she- her and like yeah say. like she might not date me if she thinks that i have this that's or, true like i mean if someone told you that would you think he's kind of crazy yeah well, i would either or way- and if you believed it you'd say well for me to come to your house not that doll. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he didn't even tell her, which is so fucked up. But this doll's just seems so creepy. Like, the movement, the laughing, and the rocking chair on the window. Like, ugh. That is truly uh, the scary doll, like, classic story right there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So next there is Ruby. Um, this is from the early 1900s um, in Providence, Southern Ontario. Um, so passed down from generation to generation, Ruby spent decades in attics and basements. Her owners were all just too uncomfortable to keep the doll on display. Not only did she have a talent for moving from room to room by herself, but whenever she was picked up, her touch like seemed to induce feelings of intense sadness and in some cases nausea. Uh, the previous owners believe that Ruby still belongs to their ancestor, a young girl who allegedly passed away while holding her favorite doll. Ruby was eventually donated to the care of a museum where hundreds of visitors have held her only to experience the overwhelming sadness which comes from the doll like ruby came to the museum from a friend of a curator uh, named dana matthews whose family had hidden her away in a dusty attic stuffed into a cardboard box with other items she had been a treasured heirloom for more than a few generations but over the years the family became convinced that ruby was a bit more than just a doll according to the family that owned the doll it possessed some unsettling characteristics for one thing, it seemed to be only able to move around a room by itself and was also known to emit eerie, like unearthly type sounds. Oddly too, some family members believed that Ruby possessed the unique ability to make anyone like in her immediate proximity fall suddenly ill with things like headaches, allergies, exhaustion, and most often was extreme nausea. 
Ruby had belonged to a little girl in the donor's family who, according to legend, died while holding Ruby in her arms. The constant feeling that the spirit of their long-dead relative was still attached to her favorite doll kind of plagued the family members. The family called in a psychic medium to help the spirit pass on, but this effort failed, and after passing the doll from family house to house, they finally decided to give the doll to a museum. <coughs> Excuse me. At first, nothing happened, and the doll sat quietly on display like on a shelf in the museum but shortly after her arrival the curators began to notice that visitors to the museum would kind of just be drawn to hold the doll and rock her back and forth while they never became ill many found themselves overwhelmed with like maternal type feelings ruby the doll is both sweet and creepy does she represent a phenomenon still somewhat unknown and misunderstood concerning planes of existence and consciousness, or is she merely the transmutation of her former owner, the little girl reaching out from beyond time and space to be touched and loved? Mm-hmm. Really don't know, um, but it's kind of, that one's kind of sad because, you know, the little girl who was the owner of the doll died holding her and the fact that when people would hold it like they would feel sadness that one just kind of makes me sad like maybe it was her soul transferred yeah like it's kind of like it's scary yeah it's scary but it's also like kind of heartbreaking at the same time um this one is letta this doll when you'll see because i'm going to post pictures of these dolls um it's short for letta me out Letta is a 200-year-old wooden doll, again, with human hair. I don't know what it is with the dolls with the human hair, but it's a thing. Um, He was discovered beneath a house in Wagga Wagga, Australia, in the 70s by his current caretaker, Carrie Walton. After talking to the doll, um, I'm sorry, after taking the doll home, he lived in Queens, and he would start hearing strange things. Strange things would happen, like um, things would be moved, noises would be heard. There's even scuff marks on the floor. Um, His kids would start to have nightmares, and even one night they came into the room claiming to see Letta walking around. Uh, Dogs would get angry and very aggressive around him. Guests also claimed to see him move as well. He finally agreed to sell the doll, and when he went to take it to the new owners, he couldn't get the doll out of the car. Like, I don't know if it was, like, some kind of physical special force. Like, this doll's like, "Uh uh-uh, homie, we're bonded. (laughs) You go, I go where you go. Like, Don't get rid of me. um, But he couldn't get it out. I was telling my niece Lulu today, and she said, "Uh, then you just sell the car, too. (laughs) Yeah, just ditch the car, man. (laughs) Um, Walton traced Letta back to the European heritage about 200 years ago and believes that he's a vessel from a boy who had drowned. Uh, Letta does do tours around Australia and you can get pictures with him. Um, and if you're super brave, they'll put him on your lap and you can take pictures. Mm, that might be too far from yeah. me personally. So he doesn't sound like he's at least evil. He just sounds like he's... He has attachment issues. <laughs> He just likes to move around and people go to bed. And yeah. He just does not want to be without 
Carrie Walton. Yeah. Favorite person, I guess. Um, this one, last one, it's not really, um, not super scary, but just interesting. So Pulau Urban, Ubin, um, there was a German girl, and there's a shrine um, on the island of Pulau Ubin um, that's in Singapore. Yay, Singapore. Yeah. Um, it marks the site of a burial unknown of an 18-year-old girl who died on the island. In 1914, after falling from a cliff while fleeing from the British forces who sought to detain a number of German nationals, the resident on the island, her body was recovered and returned into like this little urn on site by the Chinese workers and um, a makeshift shrine structure was built. Uh, the site was visited frequently by gamblers who thought that the spirit of the girl would bring them good luck. Well, a permanent structure was erected in 1974 by a company carrying out acquiring on the island. Now, since it has been ceased, um, the shrine is now within Kitam Mountain Bike Park. Visitors often leave offerings, including makeup and Barbie dolls on the site. In 1910, the island um, in the British Crown Colony of Singapore, it was home to two German families, the Brands and the Mulligans. Um, who ran coffee plantations. Now, the island was also a key source of granite used in construction of building um, infrastructures on the Singapore mainland. Um, and it was home to a number of quarries. The outbreak of the First World War, in which Germany was conflicted with Britain in July of 1914, led the British to detain German nationals on the security grounds. Now, the British military forces was sent there to detain the Germans, but the 18-year-old daughter was one of the families that fled from the British force, forces into the wooded area. A number of days later, her body was found covered in ants and discovered by the Boines plantation workers. Now, the girl had died after falling down a cliff, and the workers covered the body with sand, laid flowers there, lit incense before offering prayers for the girl whose name is unknown. So the Chinese workers later recovered the body and buried the girl at the crest of the hill above the quarry. Um, again, she was in this urn, and then they had a crucifix for her, um, a number of coins. Um, she was Roman Catholic, so I'm guessing that's why the coins. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, a makeshift shrine, and she... It was constructed over the grave, which became associated with good luck. Again, the gamblers from Singapore and Malay Peninsula visited the shrine to make offerings and hope that the spirit of the German girl would bless them with good fortune. In 74, the company constructed a more permanent shrine described as Small Yellow Chinese Temple on site. It is believed that the girl's remains were exhumed and this time her remains placed in an urn at the site. I feel like this girl's been moved a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that's like bad juju. Yeah. Um, the quarrying declined on the island in the 1970s with the last sighting shutting in 1999. The number of residents dropped from around 2,000 to fewer than 100 and the island became a refuge for wildlife. The shrine in the southwest of the island is now located in Katam Mountain Bike Park. The German shrine continues to attract visitors who leave offerings of nail polish, perfume, makeup, and Barbie dolls 
for the spirit of the girl. The shrine has been adorned with Christmas decorations, um, it, which also attracts the average four to five visitors a week and has been renovated in February 2015. Now, according to the website Wattpad, um, there is no proof that the doll is actually haunted, but people still make it like a pretty popular request. And there was actually a request from a purchase from behind the grave. Um, yeah, I know um, there was also someone had said that they had a dream about this doll and he, he didn't know what it was or why, but he went to a location and found the doll and happened to see it. Whoa, that's so weird. That whole story, like, yeah, like you said, like, I feel like they just moved her around a lot. Like, kind of like used her body for their own, like, for their own good or purpose or whatever they wanted to do with it, which I feel like is just kind of, like, disrespectful to, like, her. Yeah, it sounds like the the Chinese were trying to, like, lay her and give her a nice little Mm -hmm. just... You know, let her be a piece, and then other people were just like, "Nope, let's move her again." Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I that one's super interesting, and (laughs) I wonder if like even today people are like going there and trying to like purchase these. I know Singapore. Write us and let us know. Yes, let us know. Is it still a big deal? Right. And if you know more about it, uh, yeah, just. Shoot us an email or a social media message. Send us some pics. Yeah. And if you guys have uh, your own personal, like anybody listening, your own personal, like, creepy doll story, send it to us because we would love to uh, love to read that. Absolutely. Send us a picture, the story, um, Yeah. how you dealt with it. Do you keep it? Did you get rid of it? Right. Like, how... I feel like if I personally had a doll... And it was, like, clearly, like, haunted of some sort. And I wanted to get rid of it. I feel like I would be so nervous at the way that I got rid of it. Because, like, I wouldn't want to, like, piss it off. But I would want to make sure that, like, it, the spirit or whatever, like, actually left. And I didn't do it in, like, a like disrespectful way or whatever. Like, But it's like, how do you even go about doing that? I know. My mom has one. Um, it needed to be fixed. I think my brother ripped the leg off or the arm off when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an old porcelain doll. It was like her grandma's. Okay. So there's some history and storage. Not storage, but ancestry. And I don't know. It's in storage in her closet somewhere. And when I still lived there, um, they I'd be in the computer room. And it, she had it sitting in this chair, and I'm just like, uh-uh. And I would, like, turn it around yeah. or, like, hide it, and she'd always put it back out. And she keeps tormenting me, telling me that one day she's going to give it to Charlotte. <laughs> and I'm like, not till that girl's living on her own. Yeah. So <laughs> right. um, it's still at my mom's house, but she's like, I'm going to get it fixed, and it's, it's Charlotte. It's, you know, it's her namesake and heritage. And I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> You're like, um, hopefully she doesn't get it fixed till she's, uh, much older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can't you just give her some nice crystal or something? Yeah, yeah, right, something, um, that wouldn't freak you out. <laughs> so that was our fun episode. I thought it would be a fun one to kind of... Lighten the mood. Lighten the mood and stay, you know, all the true dark stuff that we do. Yeah, I feel like the past 
four episodes have been super dark and like really intense so this is definitely a fun one to kind of give us all a breather for a minute yeah 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 so thank you corbin for um inspiring this idea what, what? What? <laughs> and uh thank you guys for listening and you know keeping us going strong yes definitely we appreciate you and uh we will talk to you guys again next week yep get those tickets in don't forget it's away. coming up it's coming up so definitely want to get those in um but yeah until then stay creepy we got to go bye bye